Sometimes collaboration and community are everything. I'm Brad Rose. Welcome to the latest episode of the Seltzer Salon. I'm really excited today. My guest is the one, the only, Carlos Nino. Don't feel like he needs much of an introduction, but um, he's got two new projects, albums on International Anthem that have both come out recently. Well, one of them is just about to come out. One is out recently. Uh, There's Carlos Nino and Friends, I'm Just Chilling on Fire, and then there's an album that he produced and uh, colla- and it's in collaboration with, and he produced it with uh, Tandi Natuli, Rainbow Revisited, which she's an incredible South African artist, and it's just, uh, album's like a dream. Um, before we get into that, a quick programming note. So the Seltzer Salon isn't so much going away as it is being absorbed into the Foxy Digitalis podcast. As I've kind of developed that show, which comes out on Fridays, um, the the purpose of this show and the lines between the two, it all got real murky. Um, like originally, the Seltzer Salon was started as a sort of contrast to Foxy Digitalis Daily, which of course I ended and replaced it with Foxy Digitalis Podcast, and that was just to give a space to have like a little longer conversations and. Uh, interviews with artists and all that. Well, I kind of do that on the Foxy Digitalis podcast too. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a conversation, a label spotlight on Hasu Mountain. Last week, there was a conversation with Nina Dante. Um, and so as, you know, as things evolve, it just made more sense to have that all kind of go into that show and just focus on that and Songs of Our Lives have two things you know, a lot more concise, some focus and hopefully easier for listeners too. And just, you know, it's that show, the Foxy Digitalis podcast is basically whatever I want it to be each week. And having some of these really great conversations that I've had with different artists as a sort of feature of those just feels really, really right. So next week, it will all go into one. On So on Friday, the episode, there's going to be a com- conversation with Matt from Revenge International where we talk about Pauline Anna Strom. Uh, future episodes will be with Marcus Floats, Greg Kowalski, uh, Richard Skelton, and so many more. So, plus there's this, there's an oral history thing I'm doing. There's a conversation I had with Ned Raggett about some things. I've got some other, it's just gonna, it's like a little variety show of whatever is on my mind. So, anyway, wanted to give that programming note. Onward, let's listen to Carlos Nino. Uh, again, this was such a fun conversation, and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. We recorded this on Zoom a couple weeks ago, and that's about it. My, my guest today is Carlos Nino, who he has a new record out called I'm Just Chillin' on Fire. And then he also has a record coming out with uh, Tondi Nintuli, Rainbow Revisited. Carlos, how are we doing today? Uh, great. Yeah. Stoked to be here. Yeah. Tondi Tuli, the album was announced uh, very recently and my new album came out a few weeks ago and uh, feeling great about 
both of those projects and all the other ones that came forward and will come after it. So yeah, uh, stoked to share and talk about it in any way. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you, you are a very, or you seem like a very busy person. You're always working on stuff and which I'm one of the things I've always been curious about. And, and this is kind of, it's just kind of what a, you know, a typical day is for you. Like how, like, are you in the studio every day? Like, are people just stopping by? Are you got sessions playing or is it like, what's it like? <laughs> uh, it's like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a session later today. I worked last night. Um, it's kind of a, just an organic rhythm, like a lifestyle, like a life, like it, mm-hmm. it's just alive. And uh, I don't really think about it too much. It's definitely not work. It's 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 really just a yeah, like like a way. And um, I I love it. I'm so grateful for it. I'm here for it. You know. So yeah. Yeah, so talking, kind of moving into the record with Tondi real quick. Um, do you uh, do you remember when, like, when you first heard her or met her, and what that was like? Yeah, I first heard her uh, prior to the. I, I guess I guess I was like checking for her when I was still on Instagram because I had heard her. So I'd heard her and then I was following her on Instagram and she posted a video. I was on a duet tour in Europe with Laraji and I remember seeing this video posted. I don't know if it was uh, um, in her stories or an official video of her playing piano. And it was just so amazing to me that I reached out to her via Instagram um, and said, Hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so um, in this part of the world right now. I think we were in Sweden at the time or something like that. And um, and I was in like this teeny tiny little compact uh, hotel room. And she agreed to talk to me to like get on a call. Um, and I just said, so what was that? And, and you know, do you do, you do that? Because I had never heard a recording of hers that was like that. And she's like, oh, I was, I was just warming up before my show with my band. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, so I want to bring you to L.A. to make a whole record <laughs> like that. <laughs> and uh, we tried uh, a few times. I tried to find a sponsor, tried a few different times to get her over. And it just didn't work out. It didn't work out for our schedules. It didn't work out uh, financially. And then um, a couple years later, in 2019 or maybe like a year and a half later um buddy of mine called jason sugars who's based in venice kind of like one of the mayors of of venice beach california he um he said hey have you heard of tandy and tuli and uh dia makuzene i'm bringing them to la to do a concert at the ford and i want you to play and i was like yeah i'm like you know big fan of these and actually we had talked about making an album and so um i hit her up and was just like hey if you're coming to la do you have time can we get in the studio and she did and um i did end up playing with them as well and i think we did a radio show together um and yeah we we did two days in the studio just recording solos by her uh her accompanying herself 
either experimenting with uh, synthesizers and percussion instruments and vocal percussion and like whisper singing. And then also her doing like full fledged, like long form uh, piano solos or piano with voice. And I had those recordings for a while um, in a form that I liked, but had always intended to potentially add to them more and uh, possibly even have orchestration on them and do a, a different production direction than what it ended up being because uh, I took some time away from it and I was doing some other things. And then I went back to it. And I listened to it and I was like, this is supposed to be what it, what it is. It's supposed to be like this solo yeah. sounding record, but then I was going to add accompaniment and add some extra production. So when I fully like agreed within myself that that's what it was going to be, I went and finished the album and then I sent it to her and it was kind of out of the blue. I think she just released a new album. Um, and this is a couple of years later, probably in 2021, late 2021, early 2022, something like that. And mm -hmm. so um, maybe even later, it might have even been like later into 2022 that, you know, I, I, center this record and said, Hey, I finally figured out what I think this should be. Tell me what you think. And she loved it. Um, and, uh, maybe at first she didn't love it. She was kind of like, Oh, okay. And, and, and then, and then she really loved it. So, and now I think we both just love it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. That's quite the, um, quite the journey to get here <laughs> yeah yeah and and and, it, and it's really like a record of like intimacy and simplicity in a way but sometimes those you know records where somebody's artistry and somebody's en energy expression is so um exposed um you you, you kind of got to give it some some time and space and allow it to breathe if you need to. I mean, like I, I have no rules in regard to that anyway, you know, like, um, I think, I think mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's all, it's all open. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the, the intimacy of it really like, it's an album for me when I hear it, it just pulls me closer. Like I want to like lean into the music and get closer to it physically because of how it makes me feel. Um, and, and that was, I think, and, you know, then thinking about your other record that just came out, which, you know, there's, it, it feels, it has like a more expansive feeling to it. And I, there's this really great contrast between the two. I love that they're coming out, you know, kind of close together. I think it shows this, to me, it shows this like real breadth of so much of what you do. Um, I'm curious, like when you're going into like uh, working with like Tondi or other, you know, many of the other people you worked with and you're kind of going in to sort of, you know, produce or advise or work on a record with someone like where, where do you start? And like, what's the first thing you're doing to sort of prepare yourself? Well, I just kind of let you know how it happened with Tandi. And that is a way, a way might be like if I'm offering to help somebody make their record. And then in that, in this case, it turned out to be something that she was like, Hey, you really should be named in this album too, because I would never have made this album and you're the only accompanist on the whole album. So uh, that, that was an interesting uh, approach. And there are a couple albums maybe that are in a similar vein to that, although quite different also with the photo um, that you may have 
the Fote with Carlos Nino albums were mm-hmm. um, records that started out with me sending him a bunch of um, recordings and encouraging him to just sort of work with them. Um, so very different than the Tandi in that sense, but very similar to the Tandi record in, in another sense that the end result is uh, a representation of the two of us, but with someone else out in the lead and me kind of guiding it the whole way. Um, so, yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, I don't have any rule. I kind of just try to like have the uh, music and the project itself um, tell me what it wants, you know? So like maybe the first thing that would happen is, hey, let's have a session, come over, let me hear what you're doing or let's just make some music together and see what it feels like. And then from there you decide what you want to do. You know, an artist that I'm working with, although I very rarely produce albums for other artists, when I do though, um, I might might just really want to understand what they're feeling and what their concept is for their, their new music. Um, and in some cases it's like, they want to just make something with me and I'm like, cool, let's do that. So, um, you know, that, that usually just starts by creating, by, by playing. There isn't much conversation or, or thought. You just get into a room, have, um, two converted garages, uh, pretty close to each other at this point that, um, are filled with instruments and, and you just turn microphones on and um, everything is kind of already ready to go and create. And uh, I made an album with a really super talented young musician called Diego Gaeta that way, um, where we just played duets in my, um, in my studio. And then after that, I excerpted things from the duets that I liked sent them back to him, had him overdub on them, and he sent them back to me, and then I cut, get some finishing touches, and the album was done, you know, and that's kind of like a very easy and organic way that something might come to be, and some of the pieces on I'm Just Chilling on Fire um, were made that way. There's a, there's a couple of projects that I really love with Jesse Peterson under the band name Turn on the Sunlight. Uh, yes. What a, called drives to the beach that was done in a very similar well um but yeah you know then sometimes like uh bigger production um many more layers of production and detail and it really just depends you know um but i am into this uh like juxtaposition or kind of merging or layering of different sound sources like i'm I'm really not into things sounding all like they were like mic'd the same way in the same room i'm really into like a lot of like nuanced layering which is why uh many years ago i started to refer to myself as a collagist because i realized that like you know i was creating all of the collage materials um i wasn't you know um using samples per se or, or, or other people's, uh, source, um, the way I would bring them in was almost like a texturizer or like a DJ or somehow, um, composing from a point of view of like wanting to like have things that sounded different, um, 
perfectly matched, you know? So that's kind of a really fun process, but it's not just that, you know, like that's just uh, among the ways that, that it happens, you know? So. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think for me, like when I think like listening to your work or stuff you're involved in, like hearing you talk about that, it kind of, it explains because there's this, it always feels there's this like really this depth to the sound and this, like, there's, I don't know, there's like so many different things happening, but it all, it all makes sense in some way. And I, I, the collage thing like that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm curious, like what are for, for you, you know, especially when you're, you're working with like all these different sources and, um, like in thinking about, I'm just chilling on fire, which, you know, there's a lot of collaborators on there. Um, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it feels like this very expansive album. It's, uh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> but like, what are some of the challenges involved in kind of producing an album like that, where there is, you know, there's a lot of experimentation, a lot of sound sources, different sessions, all these things going on. And then like kind of winnowing, winnowing it down into this seamless, you know, album or project. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel any challenges. I, 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 uh, encourage and enjoy being challenged and I challenge myself, but, um, in the process of making an album, I don't really feel, I feel more like, like just like drive, like excitement, like, like, like listening over and over and over again to think that I'm creating something that um, represents the ensemble well or the collaborators well, but that also is really something that I would just want to listen to and share. Um, I'm really into these albums being um, things that I I actually would want to listen to. I think some artists, mm-hmm. when they make an album, they move on from it entirely and don't even listen to what they've done. And, you know, right. um, people in different, you know, uh, different uh, mediums of uh, uh, artistic expression who don't like or don't like tune into what they've done before. I mean, I'm, I'm right. like, like luminaries like John Coltrane yeah. and Jimi Hendrix, I think have been quoted uh, numerous times as saying that they don't listen to what they've previously done. Right. And there are some people who don't even really want to listen to contemporary music or to be influenced by anything else around them. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I make records literally because I want to add to the collection of music that I love because such an avid collector. I'm constantly listening to music um, and I'm constantly playing music and I'm constantly helping friends of mine make their music. So it's, it's just, it's just kind of, again, like, like this, this really organic um, life, um, th- th- there isn't really anything complicated about it. Um, yeah, I think, I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm to think if there's something, you know, I, I think that I, I'm, I'm just chilling on fire album. The, the one thing that was really unique about that, that I've never really done before and I've worked with vocalists before, but um, I had this idea at the end of the album when it was when it was pretty much done instrumentally that I was going to have these specific vocalists 
all have one take where they recorded anything they wanted at any moment that they wanted listening to the album for the first time. And I did that with uh, four or five different vocalists. And then I, um, but I didn't let them hear what the other one was doing. So, so like a lot of things like kind of line up as like moments on the album where there are vocals are things where people were just kind of interpreting totally in the moment. And the, the like, I don't know, somehow like psychic synchronistic um, reality of like them doing or even saying in some cases, some of the same things that the other people said, like blew me away. I was just like, oh my God, this is so incredible. That was really fun. I I think maybe that was partially challenging just as a concept, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was really more fun than, than if it was challenging, it was challenging the way like, you know, hiking up, uh, one of your favorite trails would be where you're just like, yeah, this might might be winding me right now because it's it's a lot, but I love it, you know. So, yeah, it's not really so much a challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I I love that I love that comparison. That makes that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I do want to I have to ask just talk since we're talking about the album, and I wanted to just specifically ask about working with Laraji because he's one of my favorite artists and people in the entire world. And his, I feel like his approach and his just spirit has been a huge influence on my own work. Um, I'm just, I, and you were mentioning that you were on tour with him many years ago when you first came across uh, that recording at Tondi. Um, how, how do you, how did you first like meet Laraji and, and what's it like working with him yeah i mean laraji is everything man uh stage go um mystical like transcendent being uh yeah he's 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 so um incredibly special and uh i love him yeah i'm so grateful to know him um, i think i first met him at a at one of his concerts but it wasn't until um, I was invited in 2012, I think, to host the first ever meeting between Yasos and Laraji. And I was invited to host that by Douglas McGowan, who produced I Am The oh Center. And that, that same year that I Am The Center came out, which I think was 2013, actually, um, 10 years ago, uh... I produced with Numero Group the anthology uh, of Yasso's music called Celestial Soul Portrait. And so I had known Douglas already. Douglas knew that I was very close with Yasso's. He thought that I would be a good person to, um, to connect them, even though they were both very aware of each other. Um, and so I made this trip uh, up, up north into the Marin Forest where Yasso's lives. Um, well, he lives on Maui now, but, um, he lived there for many, many years and he and I had been working together since January, 2010. And then really quickly after that, um, incredible, uh, connection that we all made and hanging out with Laraji much, much, much more specifically than I previously had meeting him a couple times. Um, I invited him to play with me in New York when I was going to be there. Um, 
maybe the next year, um, 2014 or something like that. And I was playing at Commend, uh, the storefront that closed last year of Revenge International, the label. And he agreed, which was awesome. And we just became like really fast friends. So I'd say for like the last 10 years or so, we've just been in touch a lot and creating a lot. And the reason we went on a duet tour was because I had produced uh, three albums for him. Um, it's really one main album called um, uh, Bring On The Sun. But prior to Bring On The Sun, in the same series, there was called Sun God. And then after Bring On The Sun, there was a remix album that I produced called Sun Transformation. So sort of like one main album that had a a pre-release kind of like a, a full-length album of gong music that you know so 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 i was i was involved in all three of those records and then he was on my record that was coming out around the same time and we had the same agent for a moment so it's kind of like let's go together and i think originally i was going to be um opening for him on like double bills where then there would be like an overlap period of like maybe 10 to 20 minutes between my set and his set. And the very first stop that we made was um, in Berlin. And the promoter was like, oh, no, actually, my series is all about short sets. So you guys just have like 35 minutes. And you guys have the longest of the sets tonight. It's only 35 minutes. And I mean, Laraji is known for playing like marathon sets, you know, like he can play. Um, I know at like Moog Fest, he's done, you know, 12 hour sets or eight hours, maybe not 12, but eight, um, like long form things and playing for two or three hours is not even, um, you know, uncommon or a big deal for him. But this 35 minute set was funny and we were just looked at each other. We're like, okay, well, we should play together. And then we had such a good time that the rest of the tour, we just played together. So, um, that's great. Yeah, so that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I, to me just, yeah, as admirers of both of your guys' work, it's, it feels like this very, like it's a connection and a collaboration that just makes sense. Um, well, kind of before we get out of here, this is kind of just a general question, something that I've been, I've been thinking about and talking to, I've talked to other people about it and just, like a lot of your music, the music that you make and produce and are part of, um, to me, it, and, and I did an interview, it's actually coming out tomorrow, uh, recently with Vinnie Golia. And he, we were talking about, he was, you know, putting sort of like positive things into the world and how important that feels, especially, you know, in times lately where there, there's a lot of darkness and, you know, a lot of bad stuff going on. Um, and one of the things, every time when I, like, I listen to your work and, and it, it, it really, it, it hits that spot for me, like where it's just putting, it's, you know, putting good things into the world. And it's something I think about a lot. It's something that feels so important to, right now to me is like things that we as artists, uh, you know, can do, um, 
and I'm just curious if you know, if that's something you you know think about at all, like what your thoughts on that are. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that question is sort of uh, up to interpretation. You know, like what I think is good, somebody else might not, and what they think is good, I might not. So, like, it's really personal, and my interpretation of that is for me. Um, I'm always interested in um, in contributing something like as meaningful as possible um, vibrationally. If there's like actual messages in titling of the of the albums, titling of the of the songs, um, when I represent the albums live, like my communication on every level to me is very intended in like deep connection, deep care, deep consideration. Um, and you know, how anyone else is going to feel about it is up to them. You know, it's not up to me to decide, but up for me to say like, Hey, I put something, you know, really great into the world and contributed something really meaningful to me. Now everybody else has to feel that way about it. Like I, 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 I realized that I can't do that, but I also like have a total intention to have what I'm doing, um, be in, in the lineage of people like Laraji. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's totally what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing. You know, um, it's very, very meaningful to me and, um, lyrical content is very meaningful to me. Um, the sound of the record is very meaningful to me. Like it's, yeah, it's totally, totally that. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's great. Um, well, uh, yeah, to me, I feel like there's this whole world of sound that I, you know, with the records you make and the people you work with that there feels like this real connection between it and, I don't know. It, 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 it works well. It works for me. I get a lot out of it. So, <laughs> um, so I'm so stoked about that. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm super appreciative about our, you know, community on this planet and, and, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, mutuality and resonance that is happening. Like I, I love it. You know, um, I, I I've been working a lot with Ariel Kalma and, uh, I, I I feel similarly about him. He's coming to my mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, well, I I really appreciate you taking the time talking about all this stuff. Um, Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, I'll I'll talk with you soon. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Once again, a thousand million billion thanks to Carlos Nino for taking time to talk to me. Um, he was feeling a little under the weather that day too. So that's, you know, even more appreciation. So just a reminder, I'm just chilling on fire. Carlos Nino and friends and Rainbow Revisited, Tandi and Tuli with Carlos Nino are both available via International Anthem. 
Um, maybe the greatest label on the planet. God, there's like literally everything that they put out this year is, is worth hearing and listening to and spending time with. And these two are no exception. That is it for this time. So next week, remember on the Fox Digitals podcast, we'll have a little bit of this. We'll have a little bit of that. As always, you can find me all over social media. Just look for Foxy Digitalis, Blue Sky, Instagram, Twitter, Mastodon. Send me an email. Send me a voicemail. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. There's so much fun stuff over there. Uh, you get longer episodes of Songs of Our Lives, plus you get them a week early. And I there's there's just so much stuff. I shared a video this week with uh, a performance my daughter and I did recently and you get you just get all sorts of stuff oh and actually all subscribers this week normally i have an art a release from my archives that i give out you know like free like here's you know something for the archives i didn't have any time this month to really find something uh that i wanted to do so everybody got a bonus charlatan album like only way to get it is that or subscribe to the jewel garden it's like an unreleased album so just saying all right guys i hope everybody is doing well See you next week. See you tomorrow. See you wherever. Take it easy. Bye.